Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Now Royal Pizza is offering curbside pickup and takeout options. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation the Mediterranean chicken. I mentioned the fact that on the fan vote, 54,000 people voted between Global and 630 Chad's uh, web platforms in terms of the all-time Oilers team, which included basically first and second team All-Stars at uh, forward and at uh, defense and in goal and then uh, one coach. So obviously Glenn Sather was the coach. The surprise for me is that Ryan Smith beat out Glenn Anderson. This texter, Darcy, says, Anderson is severely underappreciated. Simple question. Which one would you have in your team come crunch time? The answer is obvious, Glenn Anderson. Uh, that one comes to us from Darcy. Let's bring aboard a guy who saw Glenn Anderson play and saw Ryan Smith play. And Ryan Smith remains an Edmonton sporting icon. He's a very popular player in this market. I had Glenn Anderson on my team ahead of Ryan Smith. Smith did not make my team. I had the Oilers' four Hall of Fame forwards, Gretzky, Messier, Curry, and Anderson, along with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I did not have Ryan Smith on the team. Jim Matheson joins us right now. Matty, with all due respect to uh, Ryan Smith, would you have had him in the top six forwards available to be on that team? I guess so. He's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Glenn Anderson. You know, nothing I... to take away from Ryan Smith, who was a very, very good player for the Edmonton Oilers. And I think if the owners ever get around to retiring jerseys of players that aren't in the Hockey Hall of Fame, I think he would certainly be the, you know, a worthy candidate uh, retiring number ninety-four. But uh, Glenn Anderson um, is in a lot of categories. You know, in the top. 10 or so in a lot of categories, including a lot of playoff categories is how valuable he was for the Edmonton Oilers. And, uh, you know, um, maybe you put Ryan Smith in ahead of Leon Dreisaitl, who's played on the team for five years. I don't know. I don't. I mean, you know, so uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, it's uh, when you're, t- you're voting on it, you're, you get a cross-section of voters. So you, you get some that are, you know, 
watch the orders uh, in, uh, in their heyday, and then you get some that that uh, remember the orders from 2006 when they almost won the Stanley Cup, and then you get the segment of voters that uh, are you know, more the uh, Oilers from 2015 to 2020. Well, it's funny you mention that, Jim, because I put a tweet out about 10 days ago about Sportsnet and said if I was running Sportsnet, I would I would rerun the 2006 playoff run for the Edmonton Oilers in the Prairie region. I mean, I can just tell you when it comes to tweets, as you know, I do some history tweets. I try to do like one a day. Today, you know, Tyler Wright was drafted back in 1991. We just had Tyler on the show. Um but when I do tweets about anything that involves that 2006 team, there's a tremendous response for it. Far more of a response than the glory era of the Oilers, 84 to 1990. And I think that's just partially because of Twitter and the age group and the demographic on Twitter, but also because the you know the appreciation of what that 2006 team achieved. It was a very special time, wasn't it? Well, yeah, they uh, both uh, Carolina and Edmonton got to the Stanley Cup final. They're both probably looking at one another and says, how the heck did we get here? And both teams are thinking, you know, we can beat this team to win the Stanley Cup, and that'll be the biggest shock of all time if, if either Carolina or Edmonton win. And you're right. Uh, they knocked off some pretty good teams uh, to get to the Stanley Cup final and, and uh, barely made the playoffs. So they almost won the Stanley Cup. So... Um, Every time you're voting on, on, on players from different eras, it's very difficult. Um, fans look at you know at players from the Oiler days of say 1985. That's 35 years ago, you know. And right. you, know, you have to be 65 years old, probably or you know, 55 anyway, to remember those days. So um, it's difficult. I mean, when it came to defensemen. You know, you're picking the all-time. I would not have had Chris Pronger on it. I don't care how good Chris Pronger was in 2006. He played one year for the Edmonton Oilers. I had him on the team I, because well, I, of how I, the context I, of the he, rules He worked. was a great player, and he was the the best player for the Oilers um, from the you know from the glory days. Uh, you know, early you know 1990 till 2006, he was the best player who ever played for the Oilers. But he only played one season, so I don't know. Right. How he, Say he's an all, you know, he's on the all-time greatest Oilers defense over defenseman who played, you know, ten years for the team or even longer. So anyhow. Kevin Lowe ended up on the team, so did Paul Coffey, so did Charlie. Again, this is the way Global did it. Uh, TSN did it differently. You had to play at least 225 games for the Oilers. Global said, no, if you played one year, you qualified. That's kind of how they did it. Uh, Kevin Lowe was on both teams, so that should be mentioned. Speaking of Kevin Lowe, uh, the NHL Hall of Fame vote, we had John Shannon on earlier today. It takes place Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll know Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Kevin Lowe's a seven-time All-Star. He won six Stanley Cups. Does he get in the Hockey Hall of Fame, Jim Matheson? Well, he'd get in if I was voting. Um, it, the problem is, when I was talking to Scotty Bowman the other day, who used to be on the selection committee, and he, he, he said, you know, Scotty said he, he would have his vote uh, if he was still on the committee uh, because, you know, he's a former coach and he knows how valuable players of Kevin, Kevin Lowe's um, stature were, and they didn't put up a lot of points. But it, for defensemen, Unless you're, you know, Rod Langway made it as a defensive defenseman, but for the most part, even a two-way defenseman has a difficult time making the Hockey Hall of Fame over the last 25 years or 
even longer, not 30 years. So, you know, Doug Wilson uh, and Kevin Lowe are the best two defensemen, I think, available for the uh, Hall of Fame this year. And Doug Wilson got, you know, 870 points or something, and Kevin Lowe got uh, half of that. So he'd be on it if I, if I was voting because it's tough to knock six Stanley Cups, five as an Oiler and one as a New York Ranger. And I'm sure that when he went to the Rangers in the, you know, latter part of his career, what he brought to the Rangers, Brian Leach and Sergei Zuboff and others, was very valuable because uh, he knew how to win and the Rangers had never won. So I think that has some sort of bearing too. But Hockey Hall of Fame is unbelievably hard to make. There's so many players that get overlooked for, you know, three, four, five years and, and then yet they're Hall of Famers. And the longer you go and you don't get in, then there's new people coming in. And Kevin Lowe's heyday was, was you know, you know, say 1990. Well, that's, you know, that's 30 years ago. You know, that 30 years ago that the voters are looking at newer people coming up every year uh, to vote on. So long answer to a short question. I think he should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Will he be in the Hockey Hall of Fame? Uh, I don't think it's any better than 50-50. And I think the only for sure is this year is Jerome McGinley who get in his first year of eligibility. And I think Marion Hossa probably leads the pack of the ones after Jerome McGinley, but of that pack, there's probably 15 players, so lots of forwards, uh, a couple of goalies, you know, Mike Vernon, Curtis Joseph, uh, a couple of defensemen, as I said, Doug Wilson and Kevin Lowe, and a whole whack of forwards. Yeah, I'm with you on Jerome McGinley. For me, that's a slam dunk. Jim Matheson, uh, who is in the uh, writer section of the Hockey Hall of Fame from Post Media, Bob Stoffer with you in orders. Now, now Matty, you're still... Uh, you're a voter for the uh, awards, right, and for the all-star yep. teams? Yep. Uh, you obviously did yours. I don't know if you want to reveal them. They're eventually out there. Um, how compelling of a case did Leon Dreisettle have for Hart Trophy for you? Uh, he was number one on my list. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult uh, on a team. We have two great players. But, you know, when Yager and Lemieux were on it, you know, they're both MVP candidates and, Nobody took a look at it and says, well, how can you pick one over the other? Well, they're both very strong candidates. In this case, Dreisaitl and, and Connor McDavid. And I, you know, the tipping point for me is the six games stretch that uh, Connor uh, didn't play and Leon had uh, 12 points. That's two points a game without Connor McDavid. So that, that seals it for me. And, and he also was going to win this, you know, he won the scoring title by lots. It wasn't like he won by three or four points. He won by a lot, too. So um, he's my MVP. I think a, a greater concern is when it comes to voting for by position, lots of people still think he's a winger, not a center. So I'll have to, re- we'll have to see whether he's the first. Did you vote him as the, did you vote him number one? Yeah, number one at center? center. Yep, he's a center. And, uh, I believe I had McDavid second at center, uh, and then uh, McKinnon third. So, um, so yeah. So it's he's my candidate. Uh, MVP is is difficult. Uh, lots of people um, back east when the games are on in Edmonton, they're not quite seeing the orders quite as often as we do in Edmonton when there's always games on before the order games on. So you're seeing the the players who play in the east a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. We're joined right now by Jim Matheson from uh, the Edmonton Journal. You, you, you probably thought in the Edmonton Sun Post Media, Jim, you probably thought you'd seen everything. I mean, I, I don't mean to 
date you, but uh, you know you're what are you in your late sixties uh, right now? Um, but in your wildest dreams, I mean, it, it's kind of crazy to think what's happened. And, and but just give me your thoughts on the league trying to keep the dream alive to have a conclusion to the twenty nineteen twenty season. I'm beginning. I'm getting less and less uh, enthused about it. Uh, you know, with the COVID's not going away. I'm. Yeah. I'm you know, the, the problem is they're going to jam in this season. They're going to play the playoff games, and then they're going to end it in, in uh, October, say beginning of October, and then take, you know, six or seven weeks off and then start a season in December or 1st of January or something. And then the next season is going to be over again in the summer. You know, I, I don't know. I, there's, a, there's a piece of me that says, we you know, if, the hockey fans missed the whole season in 2004, 2005, and it was, you know, a different thing because you know the players and the owners couldn't get together on who was right, and and um, so they canceled the season. And people said, "Ah, oh, that's terrible," but you know they went on with life. And in this case, it seems like they want to keep they want to keep the dream alive, and it's medically. Uh, unsure in so many places and more so in the states than in canada um but you know covid 19 is not going anywhere so i don't know what happens if if you start the tournament and uh you know one team you know gets three or four guys with it uh and they're good players and they can't play and then uh you know that that team somehow survives and then they stay healthy and then later in the tournament you get three or four guys off a really good team you get deeper into it and they can't play and it's an unfair advantage so uh, i don't know how you keep everybody healthy i don't care how tight the hub is i don't you know and the and the bubble is and stuff i don't know how you can keep everybody healthy it's an awful lot of people i mean it's not exactly a trump rally by any stretch but uh, uh i don't know how you can keep everybody healthy I'm sorry. Did you mention Trump? We 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 try to be apolitical as possible on the show. Yeah, I'm just having. Oh man, yeah, I watched that the other night. I'm thinking, oh man, there's not. Uh, you know, I guess they handed out masks at, at the door, but most people just walk right by. Yeah, you know what? Uh, you know. There's there's things that happen far to the left that make people shake their heads, and there's things that happen that people would perceive as far right that makes people shake their heads, and we all have different perspectives on things, and uh, uh, it was uh, interesting to say the least. <laughs> oh, wow. All righty. Uh, so, uh, Jim, hey, look, we appreciate you taking time to join us on Oilers Now. I'm with you. I think that uh, Kevin Lowe uh, deserves to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. This show is called Oilers Now, though, for what it's worth. I also think Leon Dreisaitl should win the Hart Trophy this year. It's just the type of year that he's had. And, Jim, uh, I hope one of these days we're all back up in the press box and we can all get back to some form of normalcy. I'm just not sure when that's going to happen. Well, I don't even know if for a writer, I don't even know how we would cover the yeah. Know, the playoffs starting. You know, I guess we could sit in the loge seats and it's an empty building. You could watch the games, but as, as to getting close to the players uh, to actually interview them, that's a different story. Yeah, I think those days, at least in the short term, we can both agree they're pretty much done. Hey, Jim, great stuff. Thank you for your time, okay? Thanks, thanks, Bob. Bye. You bet. From Post Media, that's Jim Matheson. It's 148 in Edmonton. We're going to take a timeout. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Thanks a lot, Zach. 151 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Cody Jansen with you on Oilers Now. Uh, do want to tell you, Roos Chris is 
back at it. They're open Wednesday through Saturday or Sunday nights. Wednesday through Sunday nights. Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Uh, Brendan Connolly and his staff, uh, they'll take care of you. They'll be following all uh, AHS protocols. I can guarantee you that 100%. And uh, they took their time before returning too quickly. Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you have ever had. All right, to list Dan Oiter's history, and it's kind of a theme that we talked about, the 1991 NHL draft. The Edmonton Oilers select Tyler Wright 12th overall in a star-studded 91 draft that included the big E, Eric Lindros, going number one overall. Scott Niedermeyer went third overall. Peter Forsberg went sixth overall. Lindros, the draft was in Buffalo that year, did not slip on the Quebec Nordiques jersey. The Nordiques had gone through a number of uh, top-end picks prior to that, including Owen Nolan and Matt Sundin. And uh, the Lindros, I spoke to uh, Carl Lindros a number of years ago, about 15 years ago now, about what transpired. I don't know if people know this, but the Edmonton Oilers took a run at Eric Lindros after his time in Philadelphia had come to a uh, conclusion. And uh, actually, it might have even been after he played for the Rangers. Uh, the orders looked at potentially trying to bring Eric Lindros into Edmonton when Kevin Lowe and Craig McTavish were the GM and head coaching team. Mac T had played with Eric Lindros when Lindros from 19, I would argue, from 1992 until about 97, he was the best player in the world. Like, he was the most dominant big man in the world. Many guys of that vintage, you know, he didn't win. It's not his uh, problem. They didn't have very good goaltending in Philadelphia uh, for a number of years. They did make it to the, well, here they make it to the Stanley Cup Finals and lost four straight to, uh, was that 96 or 97? I'm trying to remember the year. Maybe it was 97. They lost to Detroit in four straight. Yeah, it was because Florida went 96. So Philadelphia lost in four straight in 97. Um, they just didn't have the goaltending. That was the major thing that held Philadelphia back. Uh, Lindros was a dominant uh, physical specimen, but he skated through guys, had his head down at times because he could, and the way the game was played then, shortened career. We didn't understand concussions back then the way we do today, and Lindros took a couple hard shots. I mean, Scott Stevens, um, you know, he was a dangerous player during that era. And I'll say this about Scott Stevens. He'd take the fight if it came his way as well. So uh, as for Scott Niedermeyer, gifted uh, player, could really skate. We all know that. Um, almost, I mean, again, a, a guy that uh, suffered an ugly concussion with one of the cheapest plays you'll ever see, the hands of Ty Domi, uh, was able to get through that. But uh, it was an ugly one. Peter Forsberg. Uh, knew how to draw you in and then knock you on your ass uh, just with his uh, sheer strength. He kind of had that reverse hit that Rafi Torres protected, but unbelievable skill. Those three players, I mean, to go in the top six, that draft, that 91 draft was good. Pat Falloon, by the way, went uh, second. Ray Whitney went in the second round, both to the San Jose Sharks. Uh, Whitney <laughs> carved out a long NHL career. Those were, you know what, looking back at it, Falloon maybe not had, was not the greatest pick at number two, but Ray Whitney was a hell of a pick in the second round for San Jose. That was good. He played a long time. He just it took him a while to get it and pull it all together. All right, uh, tonight Inside Sports returns 
with a two-hour show. And uh, it's been one hour for the last, hey, maybe that's a sign that we're getting back to normal here. A two-hour edition of uh, Inside Sports starting tonight. Reed Wilkins, who was gone last week, is back in the hammer. Uh, his guests will include Rob Brown. Chris Johnson from Sportsnet, Alberta Golden Bears hockey coach Ian Herbers. Again, doesn't look like they're going to play this year. They're probably going to lose Noah Phillip. Uh, I know that uh, Kurt Levins wrote in his piece this week uh, in the Cult of Hockey and Nine Things that could see uh, Noah Phillip, who's uh, represented by Elaine Waugh, uh, could see Noah Phillips sign a, an American Hockey League deal instead of returning to the U of, U of A since they're not playing hockey this year. And one of the good guys in the business who's had a real battle health-wise, there's a couple of them that I've known quite well. Uh, one's Bryn Griffiths, who uh, worked with me over at uh, the other station for a number of years, and another guy who had a couple different stints at that station was A.J. Jakobic, and he had a significant health scare in Ottawa. I got up and at him. Real happy for him. So Reed has Rob Brown, Chris Johnson, Ian Herbers, and A.J. Jakobic on the show tonight inside sports from six to eight we'll be back tomorrow it's a tuesday that means for the horses and horse race in alberta mark specter uh will be on with us uh, john sexsmith will join us from global sports and we're working on a couple other guests as we speak so long everybody from orders now With Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched.